What's your blood alcohol content? How did you get camo Jordans? They make them. Is it not a word? Dude, it is to a word. You harking back. You harking back. No, you do not. I was useless. Wait, hold on. Delonica? I'm hurting, man. Are you puking? Did you just bust out a Sargento? We're a uh, Tillamook family. What's the proper technique to milk the teat? If they are competing for state championships, they ain't paying for their blizzards. Man, this is really cool. How y'all doing today? Everybody good? I am so grateful to be here. My name's Marty Smith. This is Wes Blankenship. That's Travis Rockhold. We have a little podcast for our company called Outsider. And we love the opportunity just to share and fellowship and have a great time talking ball, talking life. We're dads of young kids, and Lord, any of y'all who are dads of young kids know what that's all about. Can I and get we, an amen? Can you get an amen? It is Sunday. It is. We, we think that pretty lady came straight from the Sunday service with her super festive shirt on. This is the first time that we have done our podcast in front of uh, live human beings, so that's awesome. Thank y'all. Y'all are part of history. We went to the Daytona 500 and interviewed a bunch of race drivers and the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps, and VP Ben Kennedy, et cetera. But when we were coming to the Masters, we were wondering if we'd just take the week off. Should we just take the week off from doing the Outsider podcast? And I thought, you know what, man? One of my favorite beers is called No Jacket Required. So I said to Travis, I said, why would we take the week off? Let's just go down to Augusta. We got to be there. Well, we don't got to. We get to be there anyway. I'm here uh, for ESPN. Some of you guys may know I'm a reporter for ESPN in basically every sport, college football, basketball, golf, F1, NASCAR, horse racing. I cover a lot of different things. And I have the blessing every year of also producing the official Masters podcast for Augusta National Golf Club. So we're here all week for ESPN and, and the club anyway. So we thought we'd come by Savannah River and drink some cold beer and hang out and tape a live podcast for you guys. So again, thank you so much for being here. What an amazing thing for us. I'm a nerd, like it's still so cool to see my name on the Savannah River chalkboard up there. Yeah, we're uh, right after the beer yoga every Saturday. Right after beer yoga and right before like frog hop or whoever's playing here on the uh, on Saturday night. What is oh what is it tortoise what tortoise portal? Sounds like uh, something that's going to be in college football very soon. The tortoise portal. Um, look, this is a really I, again I'm so blessed to get to cover so many different things, but nothing compares to the Masters. And uh, most of you who are here, uh, who knows, you may have been there. I don't know if you've been to the grounds or not, but I remember the first time I came and the expectations that I had for the experience of being at the Masters were very high. They were very lofty. My experience, super I mean, it, it was so much greater than even what I had anticipated. I was floored. And now having had the opportunity to cover the tournament for several years, it's gone to a whole other level. The, the 2019 Masters, having the blessing of standing on the 18th green when Tiger Woods won that tournament was the single most memorable moment of my career. And uh, 
not to sound cool, but I've seen a few things. To see the, the patrons, and not only the patrons, but even the guys that were in the 18th scoring tower, that placed the placards in the scoring tower, chanting, Tiger, Tiger, as he walked up the 18th fairway, is something I will never forget. And I'm full of gratitude that I had the opportunity to be there. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but Wes made the decision to pay homage to the great Tiger Woods today by dressing like Tiger Woods today. Does he not, I mean, is he not the spitting image, ladies and gentlemen? What do y'all think? Huh? You got it. I think he, I think it's a right, right hand fist pump. I had the mic so, in my hand. I had the mic in my hand. I understand. Uh, I understand. We bust chops on this podcast. Here in a little bit, we'll probably open it up. Travis will come around, hand you guys a microphone if you guys have any questions. But before we get to golf, uh, man, what a basketball game last night. Yeah. Uh, Are there any Carolina? Are there any Tar Heels in the house? Any Tar Heels? Uh, I heard a roll tide. I know we got a couple go dogs. Any, any we got War Dam right here. We got Go Hokies right there. We got Go Blue over there. Oh, we got Oregon in the house. Whoa. We got Go Ducks in the house. Who's gonna win? Yo, Who's how about gonna win, uh, Ducks and Dogs September? Uh oh, y'all need to separate. There, yeah, we, we need, need security. Cool it. Need security. Uh, I said to Wes before we kind of went live here or started taping or whatever the hell you call it. I think Amen Corner is the epicenter of college football. Every year that I've come here, I love to go to Amen Corner. Not to get terribly sappy, but I lost my old man in 2008. And every single year we watched the Masters together. We watched everything we could from this golf tournament. And he used to tell me how desperately he would love to get to Amen Corner someday. So when I had the blessing of coming here, I made it a mission to go to Amen Corner and just have a cold beer. I always carry two beers down there. I drink one for me and one for my daddy every single year. And so I go down there every year and I just hang. And man, it is amazing to me. You will hear every fan base in the world comes down there and they don't, I mean, you know, like Brooks Kepka will be teeing off, Tony Finau will be right behind him, whomever, Rory McElroy, and they'll be like, Marty, what do you think about that third string quarterback? Uh, man, I'm not too sure about him. I, I've seen his release, and it ain't too good, man. And you, and you have never been to spring practice, don't even know who they're talking about yet. Amazing. It's amazing, but that's one thing that's so great about the Masters is the fellowship. And I'll tell you guys another thing that I love so much about the Masters. You can't have your phone. There is something so beautiful, especially in today's world, about being immersed in an event with your family or your best friends or son, daughter, whomever it is that you're taking in the tournament with, that you're not watching it through the lens of your iPhone. You're actually watching it and creating those beautiful memories in the film strip of your mind. And today, that is so rare that we actually pause and aren't in this thing all the time. So we, we talked about this on a previous episode of this show, Marty Smith Podcast. Find it wherever you find your shows, you're gonna Cheers. love it, I promise. But um, I didn't have my phone during Georgia's national championship waning moments. How many dogs are in the house right now? How many, come on, we, we need to hear some barks. <laughs> All right, 
I didn't have my phone and it reminded me of Augusta because I didn't have the opportunity to just have my brain sucked in with the screen and I'll never forget it. And I think there is something reverent about that and Augusta totally gets that right. You couldn't be more right and I'll tell you, I think the, I think the perfect juxtaposition is when Tiger won Atlanta at the end of 2018. Have you guys seen that photograph around the 18th green? It is an awesome every scene. It's a, an amazing photo, beautiful image. But everybody is watching the end of this tournament and this amazing comeback from which none of us thought a human being could, could do that. And everybody's watching it through the lens of their phone. And then you juxtapose that with Augusta National 2019 when nobody has their phone. And everybody has their hand in the air and they're hugging their brother. And I'll t I've, I've told this story before, I wrote it in my book, but it bears repeating. It's almost a testimony. I was standing there about 10 rows of people above that 18th green at that moment when Tiger won that golf tournament. Charlie runs into his arms and we're all instantly whisked back to 1997 when he ran into his own father's arms. And it was this amazing father and son thing which by the way, this is the 25th anniversary of that amazing moment. And I'm standing there and, and again, one of the beautiful, you can't have your phone. So I have this notepad, old school reporting. And I'm like writing feverishly as fast as I can on this notepad, everything I'm witnessing because there are people everywhere. And each of those people that were there all knew subconsciously that not only were we witnessing history, we were in some small way a part of history. And that's a really neat thing. And so I'm writing, writing, writing. Tiger's walking through the assemblage, hugging everybody. All the young stars of the game, Rory, Finau, Xander Shoffley, uh, Justin Thomas, they're all waiting, Brooks Kepka, they're all waiting on this hero of theirs because he's the reason those guys are playing the game right now. And then there's all the previous winners wearing their green jackets, waiting to embrace this man who did the impossible. I get tugged on my shirt sleeve. And I turn and look and it's two gentlemen standing there. And the guy says, Marty, I need a minute. And I'm like, sure, man. I'm like, I'm not being rude, but like, I'm trying to work. I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm documenting this. He goes, man, I need you. I need a minute. And so I'm like, what's up? He said, we see ourselves in Tiger's victory. And I went, how? He said, we're Clemson University campus ministers. It was these two guys. And he said, we're all capable of huge mistakes in this life, but we're also all afforded the opportunity at redemption. And I went, oh my Lord, you just made my job really easy. And ran to the nearest camera and told that story to the whole world. And it's just so true. It was just, I mean, it was almost a spiritual experience to witness. We've spoken about this a couple times before, but it makes me think of Easter. And not to overemphasize that story and make it more serious than it is if you're a believer, but I think it is the story of having the opportunity to put the things that you've messed up on behind you. Oh, no doubt. You're absolutely right. And, you know, to, to live all of it out in the public eye and, and see the guy that we hope, I really hope he has the opportunity to play because after he got hurt at Riviera on February 23rd, 2021, ESPN flew me out to Los Angeles to do my very best to report. They did a great job, Tiger and his team, of locking down a lot of information, but I stood in front of hospitals for several days and I'm just sitting there thinking, man, is this it? Are we ever gonna get to see him play again? Rory McIlroy, of course, is the voice of reason. 
To me, Rory McIlroy is the voice of the PGA Tour. He's the guy that when there is a thread that weaves through the entire sport, Rory's the voice. And I love what he said in that moment. He said, forget golf. Golf doesn't matter right now. Golf should be the furthest thing from our minds. It's about the fact that Sam and Charlie still have their daddy. That's where we should be right now. And now look at him. He's, he's playing Augusta. I mean, we don't know whether, as we tape this right now on a Sunday evening on April 3rd, He's, he's, he's April second. He's tweeted today that it's going to be a game time decision. So uh, we'll I see. just, I so hope it I, for him, man. Like uh, I'm, I'm being very selfish as a sporting fanatic. I'm being very selfish in saying I hope that he plays because what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing to witness for all of us if we get to do that. But I'm just grateful for him that he's at the position he is. He'll get to walk his daughter down the aisle and he has the opportunity to be a present father and all those things that matter so much to him. So I'm just I'm, I'm full of gratitude for him in that way. Now, uh, Trep, before we move on from Tiger, it, we'll, we got to get the story. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the story of the can here. Is anyone drinking no jacket required right now? There you go. It, That's my boys back there. Raise it up. Let's see it. Currently, the, uh, this week at, at, in Augusta, Georgia, the official beer of the right. Marty Smith podcast. I have, a, I have a special performance ready in honor of Tiger. And I knew we were gonna have a hot mic, a live crowd here, and you can tell I'm, I'm channeling, I'm channeling some good vibes for Tiger. Travis, do you have this? I wanna uh, share with y'all something that I wrote, especially for Tiger Woods on the drive down. Uh, it took me about 30 minutes to get it right. So you can tell I've poured my heart and soul into it. This is a song uh, in the tune of the Little River Band's Cool Change, if you can envision that in your mind. But it may kind of turn into something different. But if I don't do it right now, it's not, it's not gonna happen. There we go. Tiger, I wanna see you, buddy. I wanna see you take that first tee, baby. Tiger, he Augusta does. King, baby. Come on, y'all, give it up for West. Let's go. Let's go. Rip them clubs and swing. Tiger, Tiger, we got to hear you, baby. Hey. We got to hear Vern. Say your name on 16, baby. Tiger, selfishly, I wanna, I wanna see you play 18 four times this week, Tiger. Tiger, if you're not ready, then we will understand if you sit out this spring tiger we got to tell you one little thing baby we'll be waiting oh so patiently tiger one more thing baby the train, this train rolls me. in the background <laughs> of my song yeah Tiger, we wanna see you wear that green. 
We wanna see you win the whole damn thing. Tiger, thank you for 2019. has a badge this week anybody I'm just like blown away that if they don't if you if you spent 30 minutes working on that and you remembered all those words that was extremely impressive thank you um, if you have a badge you can leave it at the front of our table that is the only cost of admission for hearing that song that will be on Spotify's number one track this I mean week. There's no question. I can't wait for Tiger to sit and probably inspire him. If he wasn't going to play, if he was still on the fence, no. I think that's that why, pushes that's him why, over. That's why I wrote it. You did a great All job, right. Wesley. Let's hear the uh, story Tiger has five game. green jackets, y'all, five of them. And I want to know the story about a beer entitled No Green Jacket, Czech-style Pilsner that has a, a 5.3 percentage alcohol by volume, just in case y'all wondered. First, we need an introduction. Introduce yourself. Steve Ellison, I'm uh, the owner of uh, Savannah River Brewing Company. Steve owns a joint. Uh, everybody give it up for Steve, because he owns the joint. So, they, um, so, so that it's, it's a Pilsner, you know, we opened this uh, and we, had a, we wanted to be a craft brewery and a craft brewery should have multiple types of beers. Not just a Pilsner, not just a, a, a brown ale, not just a IPA, a stout, whatever. We wanted everything. So we tried to get the origin of each one. And so the green jacket is based on uh, the traditional Czech Republic uh, Pilsner, which is where Pilsners originated. So we, you know, got the hops and the, you know, you got everything going for it and everything. So I was like, okay, this is a really good Pilsner. Excellent Pilsner. Correct statement. So we're in Augusta, and what, what signifies excellence in Augusta? The green, green jacket. jacket. Right. So, uh, so we're calling it Green Jacket Pilsner, which made sense to me anyway. So it was entitled Green Jacket Pilsner. It never went to market that way because there was an objection. That was a working title. An that objection. Was an objection. Yeah. Uh, for, for, and, and, and from where did the objection originate? From... A really well-respected golf course here in Augusta. I see. The Augusta Country Club. Yeah, probably something like that. Um, but anyway, they objected to it and said, in fact, they would not allow us to do that. So, because the the brand name Green Jacket is actually patented, and in my research, which is not like research from a lawyer, but just a, a brewer, <laughs> it looks like. Same. To me, it didn't look like it was patented for food or beer or wine or whatever. But we don't have a lot, you know, you start a brewery, you don't have any money. You lot, you're losing money day one. So, uh, and then you gradually build up. So anyway, um, so our green jacket uh, Pilsner uh, became an open contest to the citizens of Augusta. Say, okay, we can't name it green jacket, so we're, what would you guys and so we got we got our feedback and um, and we voted on it and no jacket required was our uh, our title and, and there was no problem with that. Absolutely fantastic beer. I love the story. The story makes it even better. Thank you. 
Um, I have some brewery questions. So, what is what? So I know a lot of folks who start breweries. They do like can wraps rather than. Okay. Is it? Is it? I imagine it has to be a financial decision, right? Yep. So you can have aluminum cans and then just wrap them with a sticker or a label. Right. So, so initially, five years ago, uh, we bottled because we thought bottling was better. It uh, is not better. Cans are the champion of the globe. Okay. And, uh, but when we were doing this, we thought bottles were better. So, uh, um, and so initially it was a bottled beer. And we had a label and everything, and so it became apparent that this did not make sense economically or in any way. And like you say, it does preserve the beer better. It's a it's a much better packaging. It's just um, I don't know something about me and being older. Uh, well, I appreciate it. I'm just so a couple years ago, I was covering the Indianapolis 500 for ESPN, and Travis and I were sitting at this random bar somewhere in Indianapolis. And this nice bartender walked over and she said, um, we have this vast array of, of IPAs and all these cold beers and we had, they had a, all these taps just like you do. This was not a brewery, this was like a bar. And she said, we have, here's our bottle selection and all I said was, what can y'all got? I want a can of local Indianapolis beer. And she was like, she looked, you know, what, you know when your dog's confused and a dog kind of cocks its head sideways? She kind of looked at me like a confused dog, and I said, I don't care what it is. And she gave me this amber in a can, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm just a can guy. I like cans. Well, you've you got, you got reason to, because My it does man. preserve the beer better. And uh, so that's what we converted to. And, and why not do this aluminum can with a, a strap on it? it? It is an individual decision. It, it is an economic decision. We found it just easier for us to do it this way. Well, it's not, it's awesome. And thank you so much. And look, thank you, thank you to Steve. Thank you to Jim. Thank everybody that had us out hey, today. Jim. Oh, there's Jim. Thank I, 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 thank he was over here a minute here. ago. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I mean, I'm telling you, when we came down here a couple years ago, I was like, I like that cold beer a lot. And that's why we decided to come here today. But I, uh, I've recruited a couple of my ESPN buddies to come by. They're en route right now. Uh, <laughs> so the wheels are about to come off the proverbial bus. This is going to be funny. Matt Berry, my brother who hosts Sports Center, and I think Michael Collins is with him. So we're, we're going we're to drag those two yokels into this thing. So I'm, I'm throwing Travis for a loop a little bit here. Collins and Barry are coming. So we'll figure out how to get them in here. We got bar stools they can sit beside us. We'll share microphones or whatever, but those are, yeah, you can drink one. I got one. That's, I, I summoned them for you. Like a, I appreciate you getting those for us, Travis, by the way. Thank you. What is, so Wes is a child. Wes is only 30 years old. I'm a fossil. I'm going to be 46 in a couple weeks here. Old as pond water. I got more gray hair now than red. What is your favorite Masters moment? Am I allowed to say 2019? Of course you are. I feel like I'm at a press conference right now. Uh, I was there too on 18. Tell me your working. Uh, in tell me your story. Local TV news. It was the last Masters I covered, and it was the last real, I want to say real, normal mm -hmm. 
Masters. That's fair. And accurate. I'd been look. I'd seen Spieth lose his lead in 2016. I think that is the memory. That's number two to me. That sticks out behind Tiger winning because I was at Amen Corner when he put him in the drink, and it is absolute pandemonium. People are throwing their hats. People are throwing drinks. They don't know what to do with themselves. Um, but Tiger winning was everything I'd ever hoped I could see coming to Augusta. And it's difficult to want too much from this place. But I don't ever really have to go again. I'll gladly accept a trip if I can go, but I was still working in the media. I got to interview Tiger in his winning press conference. I mean, it's every bucket list thing you could ever hope to accomplish and actually witnessing it, the fist pump, you know, seeing how age had impacted him, but he still felt like he was right at home winning right there. It was, it was amazing. Uh, you're so right, it was amazing. And it makes me think about before he came back, after he had back fusion surgery in March of 2018, excuse me, I had the opportunity to sit across from him for quite a while. And the one thing that he kept discussing was desperately wanting, like all his children had ever known was that golf took from their family. All his children had ever known is that golf hurt dad. And so it meant so much to him in 2019 that they got to see dad. They got to see the baddest damn golfer that ever breathed. Oh wait, and dad can actually still do this. Dad's, it's not dad's just a G. YouTube videos. Dad's a G. And to, you know, to, 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 like I'll never forget, man, I'll never forget the way that unfolded. The 15th, Francesco Molinari hits it in the water. And that was the second time in three how, holes. How long had you been, like, were you following Tiger throughout the day? When, nope, no, I was not. When Molinari hit it on the, in the drink on 15. Okay. I saw that. I texted my boss, Mike McQuaid, and I said, I'm going to 18, and I'm going to document everything that happens. And as soon as this thing is over, no matter what happens, I'll go. There's a humongous camera on the first fairway. I'll run to that first fairway camera, and I'll just diarrhea of the mouth, share what I experienced. And just so happened Tiger Woods won the Masters. And, what, and I think other than that, and this is a terrible memory, I'm sorry for those of you who are dogs, those of you who are roll tide, this is your moment. Seeing Tua in 26, real time. It can't hurt me anymore. Yeah, I know. You've built up a wall. You've built up a wall of denial that that was actually real life. Hello, my friends. We got an infant in here. We do. I got to watch my language. Uh, how about this? This is going to be this, so. This y'all welcome into like uh, this podcast. There's the a lot of, of random, a lot of random tangents. I had a guy. I don't do a whole lot of time. Spend a lot of time on social media because I don't need to be told that this fan base or that <laughs> hopes I die tomorrow. But I was on it yesterday because I, on ESPN I have a show called Marty and McGee with my brother Ryan McGee, and we're doing the show. And during that show. We're, I'm on social media all the time because it's a very interactive show. And this guy writes in to uh, my Twitter feed and he says, Marty. Why do you even engage? Why do you do it? I do because I, I want to engage in the people that are engaged in Marty and McGee. That's okay. fair. That's a fair way to reciprocate. So this guy says to me, he's like, obviously you have a college education. Um, 
I've heard you on other platforms. You obviously know how to use the English language, but why do you, like, you say ain't? You use improper English. Y'all, uh, Bobby and them, I use in them. We say fixing. I mean, we use all kinds of like redneck colloquialisms, right? It's, but it's, you know where it's where we're from. I grew up in Appalachia. We use those words. So yesterday, by the way, hey, yesterday I spent seven hours. My beautiful little girls are in competition dance. Dads, any of y'all's little girls in competition dance? Hey. Hazard pay. There you go. Raise, raise the roof. I am so proud of my little girls. They are awesome. They, seeing them perform fills me up like I can't even describe. They are amazing. I love seeing them with that unbridled joy and pride. But the seven hours of watching somebody else's kids is a different thing. Anyway, um, so as I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there and I'm reading Bubba Watson's book right now called Up and Down. It's phenomenal. And I'm sitting there stewing on this guy's tweeter. I never you respond anymore. You can't stew, man. But damn, I was stewing. I couldn't help stewing. So I decided, all right, I'm writing him back. I can't help it. I got to. And I ran it all by the boss. I said, my wife's name is Lainey. Uh, we, we, we will celebrate our 22nd wedding anniversary in May. She's the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. Uh, my best friend. Uh, she's she's the, got a round of applause from about 200 strangers. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Anyway, I said, honey, what do you think about this? And she goes, I think your messaging is correct. Do it. So I put it out there. I did not realize that what was going to happen when I wrote this little Twitter response that I wrote. Man, that guy made Appalachian mad. So you, um, uh, his name, you pulled a uh, three-year letterman. His name, you know who that is? On Twitter? I know, no. Uh, should I? You should, that's one account you should follow. Is it on Twitter? Yeah. Three-year letterman. Okay, three -year I'll letterman. follow it. He's like a fictional. Uh, it's probably you. Youth. youth. It's West three-year letterman. I, I wish it was me. Maddie Mary, ladies and gentlemen. Go get a beer first. His name. Sports Center anchor Matt Mary, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to get it. Okay. All right. Hey, first, give me a hug. Come here. Give me a hug. I love you, boy. Great to see you. This is one of the great human beings the good Lord ever created. Um, let's find him a little microphone so he can he can share. All right. We'll we'll pick up the story of Brent. So I didn't know that I was going to fire up the entire Southland by responding to this gentleman for making fun of the way I talk. But boy, I did. Lainey texted me this morning. She's like, that thing has X hundred responses, all these retweeters. I don't even know. So Brent, I know his name's Brent, but I wrote Brent because why not? Hello, Maddie. Long time no see, Marty! You look like you played a little bit of small ball today. Were you at the Were you at Augusta National? I was at I was at the golf course. Okay. And as we were Does leaving, it looks stunningly beautiful. It looks beautiful because Tiger's out there right now. Yeah, he is. He uh, he was on the practice range. Tell me what you saw. He looked good on the on the practice range. I mean, they all do. And then when he went to leave to go play a practice round, they kicked us all out. So I was. It's funny. I was on the phone. Uh, Matt and I have uh, an amazing producer at ESPN named Tom Engel. And I, he wrote me and he goes, 3.20 p.m. He yeah. got here. Yep. I'm like, oh, do I need to go over to the golf course right now? <laughs> or like, how's this work? But Cheers. 
Cheers, big boy. Yeah, good seeing you. I love you, man. Love you. This is Wes. I don't know if you've met Wes. Yeah, yeah, Wes. You yeah, may know Wes. Just met. May know Wes. But so Matt, all right, we were we were chatting a moment ago about our favorite Augusta National moments, our favorite Masters moments. Yeah. West chose 2019, yep. and it's indisputable for me. It's 2019. You were there as well. Yeah, that may be your answer, but if it is your answer, explain why. Now, do I have to be present? No. Okay, you do, so you, do, well, you got beer in your hand. There's no rules. So when <laughs> the rules go out the window when there's cold beer. I'm a. Uh, I went to Arizona State, so I'm an Arizona State guy, and uh, I always wanted to see Phil Mickelson win that first major. So I believe it was. It was 05 or 06 when he won that first major championship. The Phil jump when he got like two oh, centimeters off the ground. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it was, he got some serious like right about vertical there. about an inch and a half. So for me, it, it was Phil getting that first one because I, I know how badly he wanted to win a major championship. And I was one of those rare people that grew up a Tiger and a Phil fan. So to, to see Phil get that one and have it be the possible. Masters, it was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love both. Arizona State is my alma mater, but I, I grew up in the Tiger era. So okay, so that's an interesting point. Like, I mean, Phil, his natural. I think him and Rory. If 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 you are if if everything else is equal, God get when, when the good Lord went, you're gonna you're gonna hit a little white ball. Those two, from in terms of God given talent, right? Are they? God-given talent? Like, God, God said you're going to be... like swing? Like, uh, yeah. Sure, swing, all of it. So, I think the best swing in the world is Louis Oosthuizen. Okay. I think it's the most effortless. If I could mimic any swing, it'd be Freddie Couples. Oh, yeah, I know. He doesn't even try. He doesn't even try. Yeah, so it'd be those two. But I'd say God-given ability. I think if the, if, if, when they're at their peak, take Tiger out of the equation, I'd put Rory tops. I know. Just... Yeah. When, when it comes to the good Lord going, hey, you, you got a you're lot gonna of go, you're going to have some game. And you're going to be good at it. He's the guy. Another thing I would love to, to chat with you about, Matt's as plugged in in this on the tour as anybody. I feel like Rory McIlroy is the voice of the tour. If there is no a, question. If there is a thread that weaves through the entire sport yep. that is a major storyline, everybody waits to see what he says. Yep. What is your perspective on his voice in the sport? I, He's got the most mature voice in that he speaks from perspective, but he's not one of those to fire off right away. He's one of those guys that'll sit, he'll wait, he'll think, and he'll give you an intelligent response that's not just shooting off at the mouth. He's one of those guys that you want represented in your sport. Number one, he's, he's otherworldly talented, but he's very thought-provoking in his answer. And he's not just, he doesn't want a soundbite. He doesn't want to go viral. He just wants to speak. And if I'm a player, that's who I'm designated. He stays out of the drama. Like he's, he was very harsh on Phil. I was going to say he's very that. Harsh. Like, who's going to be harsh on a guy who's won that many tough, major championships? Paul right. He's tough, but he's fair. And he's a guy with the credentials to be right, able to correct. speak on behalf of the other players. Uh, uh, Optimum resume. There if he were to win Sunday, he wins a career Grand Slam. Yep. Of course, he's been working on that for some time now. But when he speaks, it demands you listen. I remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. in NASCAR. Yeah. Every, we all waited for Dale. When Dale spoke, we knew that was the deal because he cares so desperately for the health of the sport. Too. Right. It's not a self-serving answer ever. But the thing is, is he's got wattage. Tiger's not going to speak on behalf of the sport. He's a corporation. Phil, we know what Phil's doing. 
Dustin Johnson doesn't get into that. Brooks Kepka is kind of into the a different way of speaking for him. Bryson, they don't want Bryson. Rory's perfect. And every time he speaks, people listen. And with his quotes, when you actually read something that he says, it's amazing oh, it how well thought out I it know. is. I know, it is. And the words that he used about Phil, I mean, he used like four or five adjectives directly in a row. Yeah. That everybody went. Well, I heard how much you respect. I heard how much you respect Phil, and I know that Rory does too. So imagine coming from a place of respecting the hell out of a guy, yeah, but still having to call it how you see it, right? And he knows how to call that easy. line. Yeah, and with that, with Phil not being here this week, I think it, he's great for the game. Oh, God, he's, he's, great he's, for the game. he's no so, and I don't like that he's not here this week. But I also don't like that he hasn't gone out and spoken to Commissioner Monahan about what he said. And so until he does that, until he says, hey, look, let's go have a chat, you're not going to see Phil. What do you believe is, like, what's going to happen here? What, what do you think, and if you're not comfortable answering it, don't. But I don't want to put you in a bad spot. But I'm so inquisitive about what this is. When you have a titan of the game, a top you name the number yeah. in the history of the game. Yeah. Who just became the oldest major winner in the history of the game at Kiowa last May. On and on. He and Tiger, the rivalry between he and Tiger is the Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon of golf. Yeah. And I know that like, you know, Arnie and, and, and Jack Arnie back and Jack, in the day yeah. was huge. But in today's world, that rivalry really elevated what demanded people watch. That's right. And so, like, what is this? It's a standoff, and it's something that until one of them, and it's not going to be the PGA Tour, it's not going to be Jay Monahan, and it should. He didn't open his mouth. This is very out of character for Phil. Phil's been one of those guys. Phil's a brand. He's a corporation. If you watch those matches that he and Tiger did, notice how many times during the match Phil would want to say something negative or cuss or say something he shouldn't, but he knew brand Phil couldn't do that which is why I was so surprised. Now, he says he thought it was off the record. I think that he's smarter than that. Um, at some point, they're going to need to talk. And until they do, I'm telling you, you're not going to see Phil at any tournament. Because I was one of those people that said, if he's going to reappear, it's going to be here. Because the, the patrons are very disciplined. They're very quiet. They're not going to yell anything they shouldn't. Right. And the players are protected here. This would have been the perfect opportunity. What that says to me, is he had no intention of talking to Monaghan before this event, and there just was there was no the intention of showing up. Correct. Like, yep, exactly. Also, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most beautiful sounds in the world. <laughs> so, as you studied, as you prepared, yeah. Matt will Matt will host Sports Center throughout the week. Tomorrow morning, starting 7 a.m. Yeah. I'll so my last there. beer will be in about six hours. So where do you guys host? <laughs> where do you guys host? All world class rally king. He and I have had some. We've gone some rounds, bet, telling each other, man, should this be the last one? <laughs> no. So so what do you, what do you expect this weekend? So many people are going Scotty Scheffler. Everybody's going Scotty Scheffler. Okay. And even before he's had gone on this winning streak, people looked at the momentum and said, hey, this might be the the time. So here, here's, here's, here's Scotty. He's done three things since the turn of the year that you've needed to do to be the favorite here at Augusta. He won 
in Scottsdale, that's a party tournament. It's a loud tournament. You need to be concentrated. He won a marquee event in Bay Hill. That's prestige. So that's check two. And then check three, he goes into the match play and knocks out other players. So you've got loud event, prestige event, and match play event. All three of those things prep you for this week. I'm with you. Coming in pre that, he was kind of a sleeper favorite. I like Scotty this week. JT. I think uh, Victor Hovland, no if doubt. he can putt, is going to have a good week. Perfect off the tee. He's got the perfect ball flight here at Augusta. It's high. He's got a putt. And then the other guy that I keep getting an eye on, he's always on the leaderboard at Augusta National, and we're waiting for Xander Shuffley to he's show always, up. He's every always every year he's the up guy. there. Every single year. And I wonder about Zalatoris. You know, that's after, a look. Was that, what do you think about how he performed every, last year? Remember when Spieth, I think it was 13, Bubba, when he kind of caught, that's when he, remember, that's when Spieth was introduced to the world. Yep. That's when he was introduced to the world. It, 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 I think that's what Zalatoris was. I don't know that he's going to be able to sustain that kind of success this week. And another guy, and Spieth will play well this week, by the way. Always Zander, does. Xander is one of those guys. I'm going to give you a trivia question. Trivia question. For winners of the Masters, we're going to let the people answer. All right. If you, if you think you know it, I will, I will bring the mic to you. All right. So, Travis. The, Travis. Travis. Travis is talking to baby. Producer Travis. Maddie's going to pose a question. You take it to the people who knows, please. Can you guess the average year of time that a player has played in the Masters before they won? So average time played. I think I know it. Before you win the Masters. I think I know it. What kind of question is this? We're talking about guys like Scotty Scheffler, second or third. Hey, the reason I think I know the answer is because Matt and I, Matt and I get the same statistics package from our brilliant statistics researchers at ESPN. So I think I know. Here. Two, six. I can't count. That's eight. Four. Four and four, five. So this is basically, if you have played in the Masters this many years and you haven't right. won it yet, the odds are So I've got two guys that are correct. My man holding the sleeves, the shirt back there, and the guy in the blue. Seven years. So all of that is to say you find a player that's played anywhere between four, five, six Masters, it takes a while to come to this course and figure out how to play it. I'm really intrigued to see what lengthening the course means. Like I just Nothing. these guys hit it so damn far. I it's hard to the second today, there were these amateurs that were out there that blasted it down. They needed an eight iron in for their Crazy man. Shot. I mean it's just it, it it's amazing how long the game's getting. If you guys don't know, they lengthened eleven and Lincoln lengthened fifteen, if I could learn the yeah, English language. Back to that Twitter guy, if I could learn the English language. Um, I don't know that it's going to mean anything either, because the they hit it so far. It means nothing to these guys. Here, here's what Augusta National is, and, and people who, who love this tournament, it's not a hard course, tee shot, it's a second shot course, which I know people hate that term, but that's what it is. You've got to land it in the right spot of the green to give yourself a right putt. But if you can't putt here, you're, no you're dead. That's why Colin Morikawa world-class ball striker. If he doesn't have his putter, he doesn't have a chance because he just he struggles putters. And it's the same with Victor Hovland. 
if he's a guy that can come out there and punt this week, he can win going away. He can absolutely win going away. Matt, uh, just tell us, like, what is your average Masters like? Do you get to walk the course while there's play going on? Do you have a green you like to hang out at? What, where do you like to hang out? So I'm active during the practice rounds, but since I'm hosting, Andy North and I will do the coverage leading in to the tournament on Thursday and Friday. And Andy and I will just watch in studio. And then Andy and I will do the coverage coming out at about 7.30 on the post-round reaction. And so I love watching it on TV. Early in the week, I like to walk. I like to see what certain players are working on. Today I was with uh, Hideki, who was out there. How's he feeling? How's he looking? He looks great. Good. Tommy Fleetwood was out there early. He looks good. Fleetwood, burning heaters. Tommy Fleetwood looks like a guy who would Fleetwood, be doing independent heaters, paintings in a village in London. So <laughs> I, my wife and I did the Guinness tour in Dublin. Yeah. And at the top of the tower, if you've ever done it, it's, it's the best tour you can ever do. We meet a guy that was Tommy's neighbor growing up. And he goes, oh, Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. He's, uh, he's always, been a, always been a boy, always been a striker. And that, that's all i Tommy Fleetwood that. looks like the guy who would play guitar <laughs> in the London subway channel yep. for change. Also, how about being the dude that goes on the Guinness Brewery tour and meets random Americans and goes, hey, I was Tommy Fleetwood's neighbor been, when he was a kid. That's what I tell people about Matt Berry. Hey, I know Matt Berry. Yeah. Tommy Fleetwood looks Net like the breed. guy who's never buttoned up a dress shirt all oh, the way. Oh, he's got full meat sauce blowing out. No <laughs> doubt he is meat sauce all day long, dude. Tommy Fleetwood looks like the lifeguard that has been the lifeguard at the same pool since he was 17, <laughs> and now he's 28. He's but, like he's like a, a, your boy McConaughey's character in Days of Confusion. Never has they, the right team. I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. Let me read y'all a Tiger Woods quote that actually uh, validates what Matty Ice just said about Augusta National. It sets up well for me. I like the sight lines. More importantly, I love to putt there. They're fast and difficult. That's where I feel most comfortable on fast greens. When I get to each tee, I like the sight of it. I like the feel of it. Yeah. It's, it's um, when you watch the guys that have a lot of success, I'm sure most people here have, have been to the course. TV doesn't do it justice. Are you going to use the word undulation right I'm now? I'm going to use undulation. I'm going to use green complex, too, which is a oh, good golf nerd. Calm down there, Encyclopedia Britannica. So, when you look at the green complex of the way it sets up and where they set the pins, it's always about where your shot ends. Right, sure. Because you you're not going to have many flat putts here. And so the guys that figure it out, that's why all these older, old school guys win. That's why you got to play here a few times. It's just about knowing your court. It's like all those weekend chops that know our club. You got to know where to, you got to know where to play. I say all the time, and I want your perspective on this. I was sharing with the beautiful assemblage. I'll never forget the first time I came. Yeah. And this is a common refrain, but people are like you're blown away. No matter what your expectations are, you are floored. And I feel like if America was run more like Augusta National was run. We wouldn't have a lot of the problems we have, and I want to explain what I mean. You're, you're not in this, all right? Like I said earlier, you're not living in your phone. You're engaged in fellowship with your brother and your sister. Also, if you see trash on the ground, you, 
you pick up the trash and put it in the trash bin because of the reverence for the ground. The reverence for the grounds is so dramatic and so like permeate it permeates the people so yeah, much. People behave here. Right. Like people actually behave. Like, Am I wrong? No, you're not. If we could get like the Augusta National people to just kind of we'll, we'll we'll give them a small town at first. Run this town. Augusta National. And then we'll elevate them to a larger market. By the way, if if, if Augusta National was I haven't seen a squirrel in the nine years I've been in the I saw one last year. No, you didn't. Yes, I no, did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. It ran in front of my golf every cart and I year. went, holy shnikes, I saw a squirrel. My, my he should not be here. Every year, SVP and I will sit down and we're like, did you? Did you? Did I what? We ask each other if we've seen a squirrel. Oh, yeah. They I, don't I, exist. I, don't I don't swear pollen, to you, I saw I one. They let pollen I've never in. seen pollen, which is super No, I think they got a pollen. They got a pollen force. They got a pollen vacuum. I have a theory that Augusta National underneath is like the Las Vegas for squirrels. And they're down there, they're playing blackjack, they're getting drunk, and then every once in a while you'll have- Lots of nuts. <laughs> every once in a while you'll get one escaping from, from Squirrel Vegas. <laughs> get me out of here! Ah! <laughs> uh, I love this guy. We're idiots. We are idiots. Hey, buddy. Hey, did you did you pick your winner? Tell Daddy to buy you some Jordans. You don't predict. You're not going to predict who's going to win. Uh, so, being in the reporting world, I typically go. I typically stay away from predictions. But so I'll tell you. Okay, I'll, I'll pick because we have to do it. Maddie and I have to do it on ESPN.com anyway. So here's a little preview. Like everybody's looking at Scheffler. I really love JT's game for this place. I like that. Like, really love JT's game for this place, but I'm going to go with John Rahm. I like John Rahm. I'm going to go with John Rahm. Yeah. I, 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 I walked with John Rahm at the players ahead of the SEC basketball tournament. I went down to the players for two days and, and walked with John Rahm. Really enjoyed him as a person, first of all. Great person. Like, great person. Uh, another Matty Ice, Arizona State Sunday. Well, the Sunday was everywhere. Paul Casey, speaking of sleeper, if you guys are into the gambling and the DraftKings and all that, Paul Casey. How about Cam Smith? Cam Smith, he's another one. It depends on how much he's trimmed that mullet. Yeah, he's like, if he like, keeps the like flow Samson, and like keeps that Samson horrible stash, situation. he'll be right there at the top of the leaderboard. Has he, wait, has he trimmed it? Has he cut the mullet? I think he's like, I think he's like, I wouldn't cut it. Bro, that's a I personal, wonder, like, that's I, a brand you don't I want to mess with. I if he'd be able to roll up in Augusta National rocking that thing. I don't think they have mullet rules. Well, what's Fleetwood's it's hair? like the New York Yankees. You can't have facial hair. Yeah, Fleetwood doesn't have a mullet. I think that's like a cultural thing. That's just a, a classic English hairstyle. Who you got? You're going you're gonna to hate me for this one. I'm going Sheffler. No, I don't hate you. I mean, look, it's I, it's, it's too obvious. The momentum is outrageous. We've seen runs before out of players. We've seen this out of Jordan Spieth before. We see guys who get confident at the right time. He was a world-class amateur player back in the day. It just took him a while to get going to the PGA Tour. He's coming in as confident as anybody in the world. His game fits perfectly for him. And he also has that demeanor. Like, yeah. not, there is no stage. He's very Joe Burrow. There's no stage that's too big. Like, all right, bring it on. Let's go. And I say this about athletes all the time, and it's a compliment. He doesn't care, meaning that Burrow's the same way. He didn't, he didn't care. He just goes out and does him, 
and doesn't care what's going on around him. That's Scotty. It's like the, sometimes you feel like you're gonna slap him, like wake up. The greatest attribute of an athlete or an artist or entertainer is, I am like my identity is my life over here. Yeah. I, I play this person for a living, and my identity is over here. And as you know, Maddie and I are great friends. I try really hard to not let Espen be my identity. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I try really hard to not let that be my identity. I want to be Laney's husband and Cameron, Mia, and Vivian's dad. And their buddy. It's hard, though. We live in an egotistical world. We do. Scotty Scheffler, 6'3", 200. So he's hook'em, isn't he? Isn't he hook'em? He is hook'em. Yeah. He's hook'em. Jordan Spieth is hook'em. Texas has one of those great college golf programs. Oklahoma State. That's a Victor Hovland. That's where he went. Uh, Arizona State, another good golf program. Ricky Fowler went to Ohio. Ricky, State, well, Ohio State, what happened to Ricky? State. If you can That's a question for you. I don't know. His swing. He was with Butch. Tried to figure some stuff out. I don't know. Him Shot. being good is good for golf, so I hope he. Was it 2015 where he was runner up in every major? I mean, at that point, like, he's going to break through. It's sad. Ricky, yeah, you're right. Ricky for the game is great. Is that the year he won as a player? Yeah, as a player. I think so. I don't know. We don't have our uh, encyclopedia. It doesn't matter. This isn't out, really a golf podcast. Um, Georgia, pretty good golf program. Oh. So you're doing this week to be Sports Center with me. Sports Center with you. It, it looks like, yeah, I'm, I, I have. This is going to be really fun for me. I have the great blessing of doing the first tee interviews at the par three. So I hope Tiger plays. Please, Lord, let him play. Yeah. No chance. Hey. Sorry. We'll do a 20. There's a better chance of me teeing it up at the par three than there is of Tiger. Now, why do you say that? Minimal swings at best. Remember when he won at 19? He only played nine holes that week of practice. What if he decides not to play the tournament, but he wants to play the par three with Charlie? There's a better chance of all three of us teeing up. This is an interesting wager right here. I just don't think he's going to do it. You would know he, better he played, than I do. He played PNC with Charlie. So, I mean, he's... I mean, what an amazing moment for father and son, though. Let's go play the par three at the Masters, and you can ace nine. I agree. And we can ride off into the sunset. Maybe he just lets Charlie play. I just don't think he's going to do much activity walking, because it's still not 100% he's going to tee it up. I think he is. I hope so, He bro. wouldn't be here if he wasn't. This so game too. time decision stuff. I think he is too. I think he is too. And I hope he does. We all win if he does. Look, thanks for being here, dude. Love you guys. I appreciate you being here. Matt Barry, ladies and gentlemen. A great friend, a great man, and a world-class cold beer drinker. Uh, before we get out of here, let's quickly just, I mean, you can actually talk if you want to on this too. NCAA tournament will be over probably when this posts or not. When is it going to post? So it still won't be over yet. I just want to discuss this Duke Carolina game quickly. Talk about Coach K's legacy. I was in Durham this week. Had the opportunity to chat with Coach K. 42 years, and a guy who was about to be run out of town. I mean, about to be run out of town early in his career because it just wasn't working. 1980. And then it really started working. And I loved what he said to me. Any of you guys who are college basketball people and have paid attention to the tournament, 
Coach K has constantly said this cross the bridge thing with, these, with this team. And I wonder desperately, like, I want you to define for me what cross the bridge means. It seems like an obvious statement, an obvious answer, but you can't infer. So I thought it was beautiful what he said. Coach K was an officer in the United States Army. So everything he does is based on his military training, his military experience, all of the structure that comes from being in the United States Army. And he said crossing the bridge is, as a leader, he said the greatest thing you can do as coach or teacher is take individuals beyond what they perceive to be their limit. Pick them up, teach them, take them beyond that limit. And he felt like he had taken this team across the bridge. Now, last night, Saturday night, as we said here, Carolina was a couple shots better, but what a game. What a game. I, I hadn't heard that perspective that you just shared. Beautiful, right? But it reminds me of Nick Saban's team this past season about how far he took that team that he admits wasn't the best that he has ever had, not, maybe not the most ready. Kirby Smart said the same thing, that he thought it was the best coaching job that Saban had ever done, even though they didn't win. And Coach K's in a similar spot. They didn't win the championship, but he still overperforms with this group. He absolutely did. And if you ask people in Tuscaloosa, they're pointing, they, they were already pointing to 2022 as the year. Now they lose J-Mo uh, Williams. That's going to hurt them a lot, certainly vertically. We saw that against Georgia in the national championship. Not having him to take the top off the defense hurts him. Mech, John Mechie, um, another huge injury. It would have been amazing to see what happened in that game if those two were healthy. But Georgia was the best team in the country. They were. And that defense was generational. Oh, yeah. And no, I, I didn't want to hijack that and make it about Georgia. But go dogs. When are they building the Kirby Smart statue, by the way? And will he be in the number 19? We got, we got a thumbs down out here in the crowd for our, a Kirby Smart statue. Will he be in the statue. number 19? Or will he have the visor on? Or might it be one of those sort of morphing statues? What is that will it, like, like, like he, an animorph? Like, like a, he starts in the... Like Terminator No, 2. it's bronze. It's bronze. But he starts in the number 19, taking a pick away from Champ Bailey. What are you talking about? But man? then... Oh, you're, this is very conceptual. But then it morphs into Kirby with Kirby the visor on, holding up the national championship. You know trophy. what I'm, I'm envisioning right now as you describe that, like the the villain in Terminator 2. That's like oh yeah, I know. Yeah, like the a, like a shapeshifter, the liquid guy. Yeah. yeah. So it goes from Kirby wearing his jersey, and then it just kind of stretches into Kirby as a coach. I'm telling you, that's it. It could happen. Now, Vince Dooley's statue is like two miles away from Sanford Stadium. So that doesn't really make much sense. Listen, we the got, gods we have spoken. Dogs. We got dogs. The gods have spoken. Anyways, I think Kirby probably will have a statue. Uh, probably not right now, though. Probably not in the foreseeable future. I mean, he earned it. It had been my whole lifetime, your anyways, whole lifetime. Anyways, about Coach K, speaking of my whole lifetime, He's the only Duke basketball coach I've ever known. I saw Mercer upset him when I worked in Macon and covered the Mercer Bears in that tournament. That was unreal. He goes in and congratulates Mercer's team in the locker room. 
after the upset. Was that a 15-2? That was a, I, it was either a 15-2, might have been a 14-3 uh, in 2014. But um, yeah, man, I mean, that, that's my life of knowing Duke basketball's Coach K. Well, I'm 45 and it's my life of knowing Duke basketball too. <laughs> Uh, you know the story about me going to camps there. <clears throat> Back in the day, I had no business being at. Athleticism was a bit of a hurdle, but uh, what an amazing career. Five national titles, 13 Final Four trips, more than 1,000 victories, and uh, impacted a lot of young men's lives, young men who come back to the program, which tells you all you need to know. That's the ultimate endorsement for any coach. And... Uh, it was a great run. It was a great run. Um, I feel like we had a great run here at Savannah River. What do you think? I think we did. We stacked what do you want me to do? Can we say goodbye to the pod and do a few Q&As? Sure. Take turn that and then we'll... Why don't we just leave the Q&A in the pod? Because they won't hear it. Take this. Take this. I can't. I got to take the whole thing. Oh. All right. Say goodbye. Well, we, now we're going to do a little bit of in-house questions, and you can be a part of this. Uh... But we cannot have – Matt is a man of the people. Uh, we cannot have the questions in the podcast because we are equipment straddled here. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Now what we're going to open it up Savannah to question and answer. This is the – hold on, man. They're asking the questions. First of all, jackass. Uh, wait a minute. Let me close out the pod. Thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working so hard to keep our community safe. Thank you so much to Fire and Rescue, our first responders running into the fire to save lives. We're full of gratitude and thank you so much to the United States military. We are free and I am so grateful to be free. That's the Marty Smith Podcast. Thank you so much to Savannah Brewing Company for hosting us. And uh, go get a no jacket required. You won't regret it. Be good, y'all. We'll try better next time.